You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lintonello. Good morning. Well, good morning. Yes. Good morning, Thomas. Yes, it's a it's a great day uh, here in the Blue Ridge. I've got my uh, Rusty Dr. Pepper. Uh, by the way, how how's your uh, relocation coming to the south? Well, it's coming along well. We're having a really good time, and um, I learned how to say y'all. And uh, the people are very friendly, and the weather's fabulous, and uh, we love it. Should have come here years yeah. ago. <laughs> Is that nice? <laughs> uh, not trying any grits yet, though. No, no. I, I tried grits 40 years ago. I never liked them and never had them again. No, thanks. <laughs> no. That's all right. We'll wait, a, we'll wait another year. We'll, we'll try again. You, found, you haven't found any good bagels, though, I bet. No, no, no. I, I found bagels in Brooklyn a few weeks ago, and I brought 36 bagels back to Tennessee with me, and they're just about all gone. <laughs> yeah, R- Richard, you haven't lived until you have shrimp and grits. I mean, that... Shrimp and grits. Shrimp and huh. grits. Well, and, uh, I'm willing to try anything. It's uh, uh, melt-in-your-mouth good. I, I used to love it until I became allergic to shrimp, but other than that... Uh, Shrimp and grits, uh, that'll put a smile on any Southerner's face. Okay, I'll try yes. it. Thanks for the tip. And now that, you, now that you're an honorary Southerner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, last weekend uh, was a great weekend um, out in Puerto Rico. I, I cannot say enough about the AACA Puerto Rico region out there. Just a big shout out to them. Man, they know how to host an event. Um, it was wonderful. The temperature was great. The food was great. The people were great. Just can't say enough about it. And uh, Puerto Rico was great uh, in and around old San Juan. And, um, you know, in addition to, you know, seeing all those great cars, um, it, it was it was really great. Um, you know, both of us have been on the road a lot lately. I mean, you were in uh, Florida the weekend before, and uh, you were uh, down there doing some photography and getting some stories together for Crankshaft, too. Yeah, yeah, I was down in Miami, Carl Gables, Fort Lauderdale, Stewart, Palm, Palm, uh, Palm City, and uh, then we had a car show, Wheels Across the Pond, which is all about, uh, you know, European cars. Uh, that was in Jupiter, and this is a fabulous show, with like 500 fabulous cars. So, uh, yeah, you're right, we have been traveling, getting around, and uh, enjoying this great hobby of ours which is absolutely fabulous absolutely love it well i know you've got some really great subject material coming up uh for the next issue of crankshaft magazine so you know i i always put in a plug on it and uh richard doesn't pay me i'm just saying it i'm not paid for my endorsement <laughs> believe me it costs me it costs me in so many many ways uh to uh That's endorse right. this guy <laughs> but I, Crankshaft really is, in my opinion, the, the finest magazine to debut in the last 25 years. You're not going to go wrong with it. Um, it is an exceptional magazine. Great writers, David Lachance, um, you know, and others uh, that uh, just knock it right out of the park. It's, it's really, really a great, great publication. And, and your photography is not too shabby either. 
Yeah, those Polaroid cameras, they, they work really well, but I'm running out of film, so uh, we got to do something for future <laughs> issues. But uh, <laughs> No, we have a lot of fun Maybe. doing it. Uh, I, I'm just finishing up issue number four. We're getting that ready for the printer in two weeks. And uh, we have a great story that Jim Donnelly wrote on the Corvette Grand Sports, those Cobra beaters. And, uh, you know, uh, we have a Oldsmobile sedan. We have an IKA, you know, the Kaiser-built Ramblers that were made in uh, South America. And uh, oh, we even have a Toyota. I mean, we have all kinds of stuff, including oh, an absolutely beautiful uh, Rio. And uh, that you're going to absolutely enjoy reading about. It's been that Rio has been the people's family since. Oh my God! I think since the '40s. And uh, yeah, interesting stuff coming up in this issue. So everyone's going to love it. Yeah, the stories about behind the cars are almost as good as, and sometimes even better than the cars, <laughs> depending upon what you like. You know, Richard, uh, tell everybody yeah. how they can get crankshaft. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Crankshaft could be bought at Barnes & Noble or Books A Million Bookstores throughout the country, or you could order it online at crankshaftmagazine.com. You could order a single copy if you want to just test it out or get a one-year subscription. So, uh, again, crankshaftmagazine.com, and uh, you will really enjoy it. Trust me. You'll and, love it. You know, uh, Tom gave his approval of it and his opinion of it, and I think it's only fair that I do the same. It is a wonderful magazine, and I have fun. I, I've got a, a courtesy copy, I guess you'd call it, but uh, I have fun just sitting back and thumbing through the pages, and, you know, it's sort of like looking at a, at a Playboy magazine for cars, and I just, when are you going to put a centerfold in there? <laughs> but I love I love the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want to go out of business, <laughs> that'll be the end of Crankshaft. Yeah. Final final edition. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, since he's I went to the top, his uh, uh, Nash. That's what he's going to do. Well, I, I figured that uh, you'd talk him into putting a big clunky Hudson in the centerfold. And, uh, yeah, we could do that too. I I think he has a Hudson or two, so uh, you know that'd be uh, pretty cool looking. You that'd know, make everybody sick. Speedo and have him stretch out across the roof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't scary, we don't have to have scary. any girls. We can just have a car as a centerfold, you know. And uh, I, but I, all kidding aside, it is a wonderful magazine. And uh, like I said, I like just. Thank you. Uh, Going through it, flipping through it every now and then, just to look at the look at the pictures. Since I went to Texas Tech and can't read, uh, but the pictures are are fantastic, and uh, you're quite a talent, Richard. And you know, every time I mention you. your name to somebody in the in the hobby or something, oh yeah, I love everything Richard ever writes. You know, Tom. Uh I can't say that they say much about you, but they do say Tom Cox. <laughs> yeah. And they, oh yeah, well, that's great I, to hear. Thank you very much. I appreciate that sincerely. Thank you. How, how long have you been writing, Richard? For, oh, for a car, about, about cars and stuff. <laughs> uh, about geez, cars and stuff. I guess I started writing uh, in the late '80s. You know. I got smacked around by uh, Sister Marie in English class telling me I didn't know <laughs> verbs from nouns and it finally sunk in years later. And uh, 
Yes, I, I started in the late 80s and started writing, and uh, it's it's a very enjoyable uh, thing to do. It, it's, it's rewarding and interviewing people about their cars and the history behind the cars and finding out about the design and style of the cars and the mechanical makeups. And then, you know, you just brought all that stuff together, and, you know, eventually you come out with a story, and uh, it's just rewarding when people love reading your story. So it's a lot of fun. I, I do enjoy it. I feel very fortunate that I'm in this position to do that. You know, I'll, I'll ask you all, because we're coming up on it in September, but, you know, when I was a kid... I think the automotive industry did such a fantastic job of publicizing themselves, and it was across the board, all makes, you know, whether it was Ford or Chevy or Chrysler, whatever it was, with the introduction of the new model year in September, and how fun it was to go and peek under the the corner of the paper brown paper on the window so you could at least sneak a peek of of the what the tail lights look like or what the front end looked like and uh, you know they 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 really promoted them they promoted each other by you know Ford we would we would literally when they'd have the new model you know premieres or they were in and in the in the showrooms we would go, uh, my dad would take us, and we'd, we'd go to the Chevy dealership, then we'd go to the Ford dealership, then we'd go to the Chrysler dealership, and, you know, just try to sneak a peek. And uh, I loved it. And, you know, and they've totally gotten away from it, obviously, but, you know, they did such a heck of a job of promoting the industry. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, it would change your life today if they still did that, wouldn't it, Richard? Yeah, it sure would. It would make things a lot easier. But I, I, I do recall those days when, you know, we we had a Chevrolet dealer and a Ford and Lincoln Mercury and a Chrysler dealership right near my house. And uh, I remember that time of year, you would go by and the windows would be covered up either with brown paper or... They would put that wax cleaner on the on the window, and would turn the windows opaque. And uh, you would just you know sit and wait for that one day, and then everybody would show up in the neighborhood and hop on our little stingrays and go see the new cars. You're right. That that was a great time. Lots of great memories connected with that. Stingrays. Uh, I, I was thinking that was more during the Hoover the Hoover administration, wasn't it? <laughs> for you. <laughs> yeah, we had our stingrays with the banana seeds. They didn't have <laughs> Richard, Richard, let, let me know when you get the knife out of your back. <laughs> the uh, I, we got a, got a couple of shows coming up. Uh, two, a couple of uh, really exciting shows coming up. That the Greenbrier Concourse, and it is coming up this very next week, uh, starting on Friday with the uh, Summit Drive, and that's going to go to the uh, West Virginia uh, Gorge Bridge. Um, and I know I'm botching the name, of it, but it's um, America's newest national park um, The uh, over there at the Gorge there. Um, and it's going to be beautiful. Saturday is Cars and Coffee out on the golf course there at uh, the Greenbrier. And then uh, on 
Sunday, the 8th, the Pièce de Résistance, the uh, Concours d'Elegance, um, and it's going to be great. We've got an awesome lineup of cars. Um, we've got great judges coming in. We've just got a, a lot going on, and uh, it's going to be fabulous. It really is. And uh, oh, Richard's going to be there, too, and I'm going to be there as well. So, Richard, you know, Richard, uh, kind of like crossing the streams, you know. Richard, could you, when you're there and, and with Tom, could you introduce him to a uh, synonym for uh, the word great? <laughs> Fabulous, stupendous, <laughs> remarkable. <laughs> yeah, a really, a really, a really big a really big show. <laughs> but the Green Bride so is a fun concord. I remember yep, it. Yep. And didn't he say shoe as opposed to show? It's low-key. It's in a fabulous setting, and uh, it's free. Free, free, free. We love that. It doesn't cost you an arm and a leg to attend. So uh, come on down, come on up, and uh, you'll have a good time. You know the two most powerful words in the English language? Free and free? sell. Hmm. Those are the two most if if you see sale women they can their their eyes are like magnetized to the word sale <laughs> and then if you've got free under it I mean you could they won't get away from the ad free and sell yep I agree I believe it well I know we're getting close to a break yes we uh, are in fact we probably need to take one heaven forbid but we'll be back with the dynamic duo the great duo i should say right after a couple of messages when it comes to car magazines are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you then crankshaft is the car magazine for you crankshaft is a 144 page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories the type of car features you won't find anywhere else it features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE, or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268- 4783 or visit jctaylor.com/awr drive through time with peace of mind jc taylor you're listening to americaswebradio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio thank you for listening and now back to the classic car show on america's web radio with tom cox and richard lentinello back so um green briar concourse next weekend and then 
right on the heels of the Greenbrier Concourse is another great <laughs> event, the AACA Grand Nationals uh, and Zenith Award competition, which is going to be in Virginia Beach, uh, May 19th through 21st. And you don't want to miss the Grand Nash, AACA Grand National. I, I've said it a million times. It's the largest, most diverse gathering of the finest cars in the country anywhere throughout the entire year. You really don't want to miss the AACA Grand National. All of the vehicles that participate in the AACA Grand National are already uh, AACA first place senior winners. So the quality of the cars is simply unmatched. The diversity, you'll find everything from Crosleys to Dusenbergs and everything in between. It, it's really a, a, a great event, um, even though and it's free. biased. And, and it's, it's free. free. And it is right. free. And that's going to be Virginia Beach, May 19th through 21st. And then following that, it is going to be the AACA Nationals in Beckley, West Virginia, and that's going to be June 17th through the 18th. And uh, guess what? It's free, too. It's free, too. All AACA <laughs> events are free. That's why we love them. But we love them for the cause and the people. Yep. No. So we were talking about great drives and the fact that everybody by now just about i know up in the northeast and upper midwest they've had a couple of cold snaps but for the most part people are chafing at the bit to get the cars cars back out and on the road and uh you know a few things you want to do before you get out on the road we'll talk about that for a minute and then we'll also discuss a couple of the great great drives you can take out in our country, you know, the U.S. has some of the best driving roads and scenery anywhere in the world. So we want to yep, get out there and, sure and, do. and do it safely. Um, yeah. For, <clears throat> so for me, you know, one thing that always seems to be overlooked, and typically it's because we may be just by ourselves, may not be with someone else uh, when we get ready to get that car out and go out for that first spin in the springtime. Brake lights. Everybody needs to check their brake lights. A lot of the older cars, they had really small brake lights anyway, or they had, even if, if they had brake lights. Like, you know, I'm reminded of the you know late 40s, um, and early 50s Chevys, boy, they had little tiny, tiny lights on the back of them. And if they're not working, you're really in trouble. Somebody's going to hit you, you know? You know, a lot of people are uh, upgrading their tail lamps to LED bulbs. And I understand that, uh, that it's so much brighter. It doesn't sap energy from, you know, a lot of these old cars have generators. And they use less energy than uh, a filament bulb. And they're so much brighter, so they make your car safer. So uh, and they don't give off any heat that they would, you know, melt the lens. So uh, give that a try. Uh, you could uh, go to your members of your club and see if other people have done it. Uh, or you can find certain bulbs with uh, replacement exchanges and crossovers on the Internet. But uh, LEDs, that's the way to go. Get those brake lights, you know, make them brighter. 
And uh, that's a no, good I... point. Also, check check the air in your tires. You know, a lot of people forget that. That's important because tires is only that's the only thing you got between you and the road. You know. Well, checking the inflation and the other part of it is check the age of the tires. Um, you yeah. know, I know a lot of us. You know, time flies, and you know, you get to the point where you know you think, "Gosh, I, I just bought those tires," but just bought them was like ten years ago or or fifteen years ago, and you lose track. And it's an easy thing to do if you don't keep a nice log book so that you can easily go back and refer to it and determine when the when the last time was you replaced your tires. There are on modern tires there. Uh, modern manufactured tires, there are date codes on there. And you can easily go on the Internet and uh, pull up a YouTube video or read, find a PDF, and it'll tell you exactly how to go through, decode the tire, so that that way you know when it was manufactured, then you have at least some idea how old that tire is. Yeah, and speaking of brakes again, uh, check your fluids. Make sure the fluids are topped up. And also make sure that you have a spare tire that holds air. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just having an original spare tire that doesn't hold air will do you no good. So uh, <laughs> those are some of the things. You know, check check your radiator, you know, over the course of the winter. Uh, the water. Oh, was that a, ra- a, radi- radi- a, radi- a radiator? A radiator? Where? Radiator. Yeah, what do you, okay. What that do you is not southern. Radiator? <laughs> we call it radiator. Yeah. 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 Richard? Yeah. Radiator. Radiator. Richard? It doesn't, doesn't radiate heat. It radiates heat. R- Richard, it's down, down south. Rad. Richard. <laughs> Richard, down south, how do you say tire? Tire. Tar. It's T A R E. Tar. <laughs> I got four good tars uh, on my car. That's funny. Down down south, TARS, <laughs> T-A-R. T-A-R, yeah. exactly. Four, now, now four good TARS. Let me talking about oil. A lot of people, I know, change their oil at the start of the season because when their car is stored, especially up north, you know, you, with the cold, you have condensation, and that creates moisture. Moisture gets dripped into the oil. So, you know... I don't know how much condensation will ruin the oil, but, you know, do you believe in changing your oil before, you know, the driving season starts, or is that's not an issue in Virginia where it's a lot warmer? Um, you know, we don't typically, you know, if the, it depends on where the vehicle's kept. If it's kept in an attached garage or a, or a heated garage, you're not going to end up with the condensation that you have if it's on a concrete slab somewhere away from the house where you don't have um, heat. Um, so I look at it this way. If I, particularly if I'm using an, an older uh, grade of oil and if the car is stored in another building away from the house, um, I do actually change it out. If it's in the attached garage, Particularly if I'm using a more modern oil formulation, I don't. I I go by mileage. So 
You know, I think it's individually, you know, you've just got to kind of use your head and go with common sense. I, I don't think that, you know, it's universal that, you know, oh my gosh, yeah, that's the first thing I got to do. Now, there's some people that just, they just want to do it, you know, but it's a routine with them, and I, I get that. But I think it varies from, you know, area to area. Yeah, that's about what I suspected. But, uh, yeah, check your headlights, check your turn signals, you know, all that stuff's really important. And uh, one thing I, you know, was thinking about too, and that is, you know, in the summertime, especially the older cars, they don't run very well on ethanol fuels and uh, summertime formulations in certain areas of the country, particularly in larger cities. Your gasoline is reformulated, and then on top of that, it has ethanol in it, and you know. Older cars would vapor lock back in the day, even with regular leaded fuels, and mm-hmm. even more so on today's fuels. And so one thing you can do to try to get by that is to, A, you can try to make sure that all of your fuel lines are as far away from the heat sources as possible if you have that option. Um, you know, depending upon, you know, over the years, a lot of people will move fuel lines or they'll get here or there, try to keep them away from heat sources. The other thing to do would be to put in an electric fuel pump. Um, you'll want to make sure that, you know, the electric fuel pump, the pressure on it is compatible with the pressure that um, you had from your mechanical pump so that you don't overpressurize your fuel going into the car. But an electric pump is a good option. And... Electric pumps, they actually push better than they pull, actually, in terms of fuel. You want to put one as close to the tank as you possibly can. Try not to put it too high up because, again, um, it pushes fuel better than it pulls it. So if you can kind of get it in line with the tank and get it back in the back, kind of hide it out of the way, um, it's a good option because if you get vapor lock, you can switch on that electric fuel pump, and it generally tends to clear the issue that you've got with vapor lock, and you can continue driving. The one thing I will say about it, you'll want to be careful and read up on your installation when you put your fuel pump in, your electric fuel pump in. Um, if you just hook it to a, uh electric source and it's not keyed and there's no type of safety involved. God forbid you have an accident and that you have a fire and that pump keeps running. So there are switches uh, that are oil pressure activated that you can actually use to uh, cut those fuel pumps off. If the engine were to stop running, the fuel pump will stop running. That way there's no chance you accidentally leave it on or you have it running and then it's spraying fuel all over a fire don't want to have that happen okay gentlemen coming up on a break i've I've read about that we're coming up on a break all righty we'll we'll be back with more of the classic car show right after this call jc taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve you'll receive agreed value coverage giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 
1-800-273-4783, or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. All right. So, once you get your car ready for the road, which road are you going to drive on? Do you have any particular well, favorite roads, Tom, that you like taking, you know, your Ferraris and Lamborghinis on? <laughs> yeah, my Ferraris oh, and no, Lamborghinis. <laughs> Hudson's and Nash's. <laughs> Hudson's and Nash's. You know, you'd be shocked at how well they handle by comparison. <laughs> oh, yeah. I drove a Hudson Wasp, and it handles fabulous. I absolutely loved it. I would love to own one. Yep, they handle they, great. They really do. They really do, particularly the, the step-down Hudson from 48 to 54. Yeah. And, uh, That's what it was. You know, the reason... Yep. Reason, yeah, the reason they did so well, you know, everybody remembers how well they did in NASCAR and in the AAA races at the time, too. Mm-hmm. But um, really low center of gravity was a big thing. Um, they were able to handle handle the curves a whole lot better than the cars that had a, a higher center of gravity. They had that low center of gravity because of the step-down design. And then, of course, they had that big six-cylinder engine, 308 cubic inches, and uh, had a lot of a lot of torque. And uh, you know, so you could throw them into the corners pretty pretty quick, pretty fast because of the low center of gravity. And then the torque from that big six would help pull them out of the corners when they were coming out. Um, and then on top of it, you actually burned less fuel than your V8 competitors did too so there, there were a lot of a lot of different things involved in getting this but anyway i digress i got on a hudson sidetrack there no way it's, it's, it's a shocker <laughs> i know it is <laughs> okay so you you have your hudson hornet step down twin h which road are you going to take it on what's your favorite road so Not here in virginia it's state 81 <laughs> No, I hate interstate. I-81 has to be one of the worst roads in the entire country. I absolutely hate that road. If I have to travel more than four hours on I-81, I always add a full hour to get to my destination because I know somewhere in you the middle to. there I'm going to be stuck on the side of the road. Yep. So I, I, oh, if you enjoy driving, avoid I-81. Yeah, it's terrible. But um, you got the Blue Ridge Parkway, which is one of the best roads in America. Oh, we do. The Blue Ridge Parkway and Skyline Drive um, here in Virginia, and it's wonderful. Um, Only suggestion I have is stay away from it at nighttime. There's 
so many deer out there. But during the daytime, it's, it's not a problem, and it's a great and beautiful drive. And there are plenty of places to get off and get something to eat, get back on the parkway. It's just great. Lots of opportunities to buy gas. And so it's kind of a great mix for driving. You know, you've got all the amenities, but yet you're secluded. You're up there by yourself on top of the mountain with these great views and uh, rolling along at a comfortable speed, 45 miles an hour. Um, I can't say enough about it. The other thing that Virginia has, and I, I have not had an opportunity to check up on it, but I'm certain other states do too, but Virginia has the uh, uh, Virginia Scenic Byways uh, designation roads, and you can actually write to the Virginia Department of Transportation, and I know nobody uses maps these days, but you can actually write and get a free map that outlines all of the scenic byways in the state of Virginia. And uh, those have been designated by virtue of their drivability, historic importance, et cetera, et cetera. And there are, are quite a number of them uh, here in the state. But um, apart from that, the Lincoln Highway, Route 30, oh, uh, the Lincoln was yes. this great road, yeah, closer to where you came from, too. Yeah, that's a pretty interesting road. I've, I've taken the Lincoln Highway from uh, Pennsylvania into, I think it was into Illinois, and uh, lots of you know vintage sites along the way. It's 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 not like Route 66, of course, but there's a lot of interesting sites. Uh, I've driven uh, US 1 in California from LA up to uh, San Francisco and back. I've done that a number of times, and that is absolutely scenic beauty at its best and the curves and all that stuff. And then right near me here in ten eastern Tennessee, you have Tail of the Dragon that goes into North Carolina, and that's an unbelievable road. And, you know, uh, top speed is 30 miles per hour. And it's always crowded because, you know, so many, you know, cars and car clubs and, and biker groups, everybody wants to go on Tail of the Dragon. Uh, it just winds and winds, and that's a beautiful road. But my, my favorite road, uh, having lived in Vermont when I worked at Hemmings, uh, is Route 100. It goes from the Canadian border down to the to the Massachusetts border, and it runs down the center of the state, and it's absolutely stunning. You go through the Green Mountains, which are absolutely beautiful, and you go through these tiny little towns, and you know they have that vintage uh, New England look to them, and they wind, they curve, they straighten out, and up and down. I mean, it's absolutely wonderful road. So if you ever get a chance, Route 100 in Vermont, and then you have, you know, US-1 in Maine that hugs the coast, the rocky coast of Maine, and uh, that's also very beautiful. So there's a lot of great roads throughout this country. So uh, get out and about, like you said, you know, do some research, Google them, and, uh, yeah, have fun. Yeah, the... Uh you know, the Lincoln Highway was actually the first transcontinental highway in the country. Um, it was uh, dedicated back in, in 1913, but it, it's just interesting, some of the background on it. Uh, portions of the Lincoln Highway, the oldest portion actually dates all the way back. It's a section in, um, I believe in New Jersey, dates all the way back to 1675. Um, of course, it wow. was a dirt road. But, uh, right. you know, so it's interesting how the, when they put that together, they didn't build the entire road 
Um, it was uh, conceived in 1912 and then dedicated 1913. So, you know, they tied together a lot of different sections of existing road, built additional road in order to tie it all together. It actually ran all the way from Times Square to Lincoln Park in San Francisco. Um, over the years, the alignment changed a lot, but a lot of the old alignment is still there in place, and so you can get out there and, and really enjoy it. And every once in a while, uh, the link, there's a group, the Lincoln Highway Association, that uh, puts together tours and things of that nature. They provide information on the Lincoln Highway. It's a great resource. Uh, then, um, you know, and it was all came out of something called the Good Roads Movement, which was put together by, interestingly enough, farmers and bicyclists. And uh, it wasn't wasn't until the early 1900s that the uh, automobile manufacturers got heavily involved, and and that's what really kicked the whole road improvement uh, movement into into high gear. Um, Back then, they called it the National Auto Trails uh, that they were promoting, which is kind of interesting. But, you know, there was also uh, <clears throat> the Lincoln Highway, and then you had the Dixie Highway, which came out of Chicago with Chicago to Miami. And uh, that's an interesting mm-hmm. uh, road to research as well. There's a lot of the old alignment that's still in place in certain areas. Um, the really neat, lots of stuff to look at. Um, but then you had Chicago to Miami, but then you had that other great road that came out of Chicago, Route 66, what? 1926. Let me ask you, gentlemen, if uh, which car manufacturers and Doris Day, I believe, really supported uh, the USA? Do you remember? And the song oh, that they sang. Chevrolet. Yeah, see, yeah. The, see the USA in your Chevrolet. Yeah, they had that babe, Diana Shore. Yeah, oh, Diana Shore, yeah, yeah. I was thinking Doris Day, but Diana yeah, Shore, but, exactly. And I, yeah, but, you know, see the USA, you know, you talked about the Lincoln Highway. There was also a highway that parallels the Lincoln Highway, and I think they may run the same, you know, space for a little while, is Route 20. And Route 20 goes from the George Washington Bridge in Manhattan all the way to the Golden Gate Bridge in California. So, uh... They they may cross paths here and there, but that's another you know side road that uh, you know is very scenic and you see America the way it used to be. You know a lot of old hotel signs and old Coca Cola signs, you know uh, mail pouch signs, and uh, that's what makes some of those roads so interesting is all the architecture that still remains. And you know the other thing is. Route 66, and that show, I thought, two guys in a Carvette touring in the United yeah. States on Route 66. I loved that as a kid. Yeah, me too. That was a great show. <laughs> and you know, Route 66, we in the next issue of Crankshaft Magazine, is, a, is an in-depth story on the neon signs along Route 66. So uh, if, if you're into that, you know, history of, of that particular road, uh, you'll definitely enjoy that article because there's just so much to see along that route. There really is. Hopefully one day I'll get a chance to drive the whole thing. Yeah, maybe I'll get a comp- copy of that. Uh, what's the name of that magazine? A Crankshaft or something like that? 
Crankshaft Magazine. Crankshaft, like the crankshaft in your automobile. <laughs> <laughs> and it's well worth every penny of it. You can sit back and look at the pictures and just drool. So, Thank you. Back, back to the shoe. Okay, Tom. So what do we got next? So, so you know, I was thinking also about we've had several segments and we've talked about tools. And, of course, you, you and I agreed. In fact, you stole my thunder. Um, you know, my favorite tool of all is the uh, glass, the glass bead cabinet. <laughs> it is yours, too. Yeah. But there are a lot of other really awesome tools. And for me, it's a really simple tool, uh, an impact driver. You know, you're constantly running across a uh, particularly Phillips head or, or slotted screw that doesn't want to come out. Um, you just about to a point, you know, you try it, you know that if you keep keep trying to turn it, you're going to strip out the head, you're going to have an issue, and then you're going to end up having to drill it out or try to slot it or, you know, but you know it's going to end up being a tedious, time-consuming situation. You know, there's nothing worse than a fastener to ruin your entire day. You know, you're buzzing along, you're getting your job done, you're replacing whatever it is you're replacing, and it's moving along smoothly, and then you run into that stuck fastener. Uh, you know, one of the best things is an impact driver, and you can buy them. They're they're really inexpensive. You can get one from anywhere from about ten to twenty five bucks, and uh, they come with those series of bits in there so that you can get the right bit size for the uh, screw head that you've got. You select the right one, you snap it in there, you twist it in the right direction so that uh, when you hit it with a hammer, it'll actually push down on the fastener. It sticks the head of the the, uh, screwdriver bit into the fastener and turns it in the direction that you want it to go. So what you do is you take that, you put your bit in, you place it down onto the fastener, and with a little downward pressure, slightly turning it in the direction you want it to go, and then you strike it with a hammer. Be, of course, very careful. You don't want to hit your hand. I've done that a bunch of times. But, uh, man, those things work great for uh, jarring loose stuck fasteners. I've saved myself a ton of trouble and ton of time uh, by using that really inexpensive tool, and I wouldn't be without it. Uh, you know, I've, I've never tried one. Uh, that's because great. You know, I, I'll British. You know, dealing with British cars, all the nuts and bolts are loose anyway, so I never really needed one. But, uh, <laughs> I want to give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. Maybe I'll get you one for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, uh, we're coming up on a break. That, that's what I'd like, too. On a break? Uh, okay. Coming up on a break. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE, or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. 
Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. And we're back. And Rich, you've got a pick of the week for us this week, right? Yeah, I was uh, going through. Craigslist, because uh, you never know what you find, and I came upon a 1986 Pontiac Grand Prix, 87,000 miles. Now, the back window, you know, it, it, it's messed up, and the trim around it, so that needs to be fixed. It appears that it's original paint, but maybe it'll buff out. It has, you know, Rally 2 wheels, which probably are not original, but, uh, you know, these these 86, these G-bodies from GM, they were built from 1982 to 88. And uh, they make great touring cars. Uh, it, it's a great modern old car that you could use and drive every single day. Uh, they're handsome. They're easy to work on. And this particular Grand Prix has the 305 V8, which is a Chevy. But uh, it has all the original paperwork, and the guy is looking for an offer. He's asking 2700 bucks. It's located in Nashville, Tennessee. And, uh, you know, there's window tint on it, but, you know, you could remove that. And obviously the car needs to be repainted and things like that. But, uh, you know, 2700 bucks. I know you, Tom, you'll probably offer the guy 300 and see what you could get it for, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what you hey, when they say... Too. <laughs> when they say or best offer, you know that's a great opportunity. I, you know, sometimes or best offer means half price. Sometimes not. But you know, the one thing about it, I've found that if you're if you're respectful and you're kind and you're nice when you're speaking to the owner and you're looking at the car, you can get away with making a lower offer. You know, if you pick the vehicle apart in front of the owner. And then lowball them. They're going to want to throw you out of there. That's just the way it goes. I, I'll never forget. After my father passed away, my mother asked me if I would sell his his Thunderbird, 
and uh, it only had seventy thousand miles on it. He'd done a ton of ton of maintenance work to it. He had all the receipts. It was really well maintained. And so I went ahead. I I put it in the paper. I advertised it. Guy shows up to look at it, and he's going over every last inch of it. You know, he's up underneath of the car, and he's even picking apart stuff that's up underneath the car and just nitpicking it. And uh, so he's under the car, and I said, well, I said, I can't thank you enough for coming out today to look at this car. It's really been great for me. It's been an inspiration. And uh, he's like, huh? And he starts to get out from under the car, and he, he gets up, and he says, well, well, I, I, you're welcome. I, I said, yeah. I said, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. The car is not for sale. <laughs> and he just looked at me. He's like, what do you mean it's not for sale? I said, no. I said, you know, after everything you've gone through here, it's just reminded me of all that stuff that I really need to do, and I just can't sell it like that. I'm so sorry. You take care and have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I didn't sell it to him. And then the next people, next person to come look at it, it was a young couple. They had a newborn, and they were really hard up for cash. They offered me a, a lower price, and I ended up selling it to them for even less than they offered it, offered to me, just simply because, you know what, I figured, you know, my dad had been happy about that. And they were so nice and so sweet, and the wife was so excited about the car, you know. It's just all in how things present themselves, you know, and I guess so, like your car there, you know, or best offer, you know, you might be able to get, walk away with it for 2000 1800 You never know. No, and, and you know, you, you can't find a, anything at that price range. And like I said, these GMG bodies, you know, they included the Cutlass and the Grand Prix and Monte Carlos and uh, the Buick GNs. So there were all kinds of aftermarket performance packages for these cars. Uh, you have disc brake upgrades with, with larger, you know, disc brakes and things like that. Uh, that 305, you could swap it out and drop in a, a, a 350 or even a 383 stroker Chevy small block and really have some fun. You know, they have all kinds of suspension packages and, uh, you know, those have the close ratio steering box. I put one of those G body steering boxes on my '64 Le Mans. It's a 12 to one ratio, and uh, boy, what a difference! So, uh, yeah, they're easy to work on. They're handsome looking cars, and uh, 2,700 bucks. I mean, you can't go wrong. Like you said, you'll definitely get it down to like the 2,200 range, maybe even two grand. So, uh, in Nashville, in, on Craigslist, take a look. The uh, other thing about those cars, they also came in the 2 plus 2 version, which allowed them to have that bubble top rear window so that they could compete in NASCAR. Uh, GM had a heck yeah. of a time because the squared off boxy styling was not very aerodynamic at the higher speeds and gave them a lot of tail lift and uh, just created issues. And the Thunderbirds of the same time period were a lot more slippery than the GMs were, so they came up with that 2 plus 2, and then the, which the public dubbed uh, what aerodynamic, I believe. Um, yes, yes. Aerodynamic coupes. Yep. And, yeah, uh, my, my favorite GM, body oh, the Monte Carlos. Yeah. I like yeah, those Monte Carlo pretty, SSs. Yeah, yeah fairly rare. The, 
uh, in the Grand Prix, I don't, if memory serves me correctly, I don't think they made more than just a little over a thousand in the uh, two plus two configuration. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of cool, especially if you found one of those, you know, because then you've really got something that's going to be different when you show up at the car, at the, your local car show. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's lots of interesting cars out there from the 80s. A lot of people don't give the 80s cars credit, you know. Uh, I remember in 1983, my friend bought a brand-new Dodge Diplomat when Iacocca was having that sale. It was like three thirty five hundred bucks, And, man, that car rode fantastic, you know, torsion bar, front suspension. And, uh, gee, I wouldn't mind having a, a Diplomat today. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was a 318. A lot of, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Very comfortable. A lot car. of police departments. So, a lot of police departments drove, uh, ran diplomats back in the day, too. They did. They did. So there's a lot of 80 cars out there that uh, are worthy of, uh, you know, collector car status. And again, you know, you have a good car from the 80s. They're all welcome in the AACA. They're all, they're all legal now because they're more than 25 years old. So that's a plus. Yeah. So one thing that I was forgetting when we were talking about our our get out and drive and enjoy the warmer weather, and that is fire extinguisher. Check your fire extinguishers. Make sure you have one in every car. Make sure they're in a place that you can get to easily as well. Um, a lot of people stuff them in the trunk over underneath the spare tire. Don't do that. Put it somewhere where you can get your hands on it if you need it, God forbid. But uh, make sure you have a really good fire extinguisher. Make sure it's charged. It's a really, really, really important to do that. Um, and thinking, speaking of AACA, check it out, www.aaca.org, and uh, it'll be the best $45 you've ever spent. You'll get to know people. You'll get to participate in events. You'll be able to look up and find people in your local area. And there are nearly 400 regions and chapters throughout the U.S. and internationally as well. And you'll get the Antique Automobile Magazine. Uh, it's a bi-monthly publication edited by uh, Richard Nye's good friend, Wes Peterson. He does a great job. Um, you're going to enjoy it. It would be the perfect complement to Crankshaft Magazine, isn't it? That's being a member of the AACA. Um, it's a great opportunity to network, find parts, find cars. Um, and just being part of a club turns people off just to say the word club, but it's not really club. It's a place to share information and to meet people. And we got We have to throw in our friend, Mr. Ritter, and the access that you have when you're a member to an outstanding library. And uh, good morning, Chris. Yeah, the AACA library is the largest, most accessible, free library in the world. Anyone in, can walk in off the street and go in and take advantage of the resources offered by the library. We have literally millions of pieces of automotive literature, blueprints, you name it. It's there at the AACA library. And um, if you're a member, you can just call in and you'll get an 
hour and a half of free research, and those guys can do a heck of a lot in an hour and a half. I know I've called them up. I've needed to ask a couple of questions. They get back to me, and they've got it done in less than 20 minutes. So it gives you a real opportunity to get a lot of research done, and that comes with your membership to AACA in addition to all the other stuff that you get. Yeah, I stopped into the library and research center last month uh, on my way back to Tennessee from Brooklyn. And, uh, man, I was very impressed. I mean, the amount of books and research material and literature, I mean, it's just mind-blowing. So uh, if they don't have it, it probably doesn't exist. So, uh, yeah, that alone is worth, you know, the membership. But like you said, the AACA is more than a club. It, it's really like a family. You go to these events every year and meeting up with old friends and uh, everybody's nice and pleasant and willing to share information about, you know, their cause and their restoration. So uh, that is priceless. You know, you can't put a price on that. So, yeah, I agree. Join up, folks. It's always like a big family reunion. I want to give a big shout out to all of our veterans out there without all of you. Uh, doing what you do, we wouldn't be able to do what we do and enjoy this great car hobby of ours in the greatest country in the world. And uh, we're just indebted to all of you. Okay, and, i got to uh, wrap it up. We've got 30 seconds. And as Richard and I are wanting to say all the time, what is it we say, Richard? Get off the couch. Get off the couch. Do something with your life. <laughs> Get in the garage. Get off the couch and get in the garage. And that's what you've been doing too. You've been living by that. So yes, I am getting up though. Okay. Gotta go. All right, folks. Take we'll care. We'll see you. you too. See you next weekend. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.